You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to this week's episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast, season 8, episode 40. And it's back to being the, the crazy guy on. It's no Wimbledon from the 80s, it's uh, the two Johns and Chris. How are you doing? I know, bud. I'm not. Gonna, I'm going to lie. I wish you two had recorded this on the Monday so I could have got out it. But um, <laughs> nah, I'm being a team player, so I wish Chris had recorded it himself. Uh, yeah. Why did something happen? I don't. I don't know. Um, talking to the crazy guy. No, if we were to who who would we be? A Wimbledon team. Who would you be, Chris? Under. I don't have the physicality to be in that Wimbledon team. No, no I I'm don't. A, I'm a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> Mind you, Vinnie Jones was fond of a, a grabbing the balls kind of thing, but I don't know if that was love, that was more... Uh, Sexual assault. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yes. Uh, which we've had a wee bit of in Scottish football this season as well, if you mind McLean. Aye. Aye, Morelos. And I think Morelos. Right. Oh, Morelos got away with his. Yes. Aye. Um, so, where do I start Saturday? Or do I go back to anything else? Friday. Start with the cup. Friday? You know, we're done with as soon as possible. What happened with Friday? What was the game Friday again? Oh, oh was it United beating air? Was that? Right. Was that United game? Yeah. I didn't see it because I was playing my own um, games I was doing on Friday, but that's a good um, result for Dungeon United to come back behind to win that. But um, it was. Pretty good goal that went off, I remember the highlights, right? Ah, yeah, it was a, it was a decent off. But, uh, it's... Still, it's like Ross County's going to win that division, but... Uh, aye, Dundee United will have wrapped up second spot, I think, just about. Aye, I know it's Dallas. Yeah. The, the extra couple of games off before they need to play the, the playoff. Yeah. Aye, they're nine, they're nine points ahead of Air, but Air United have got a game in hand, so um, it's twelve available for them. Noticed earlier as well, the yeah United right back Liam Smith signed a pre-contract with Dundee United, so Dundee United continued to build for that season because obviously they signed Reynolds permanently now as well. Aye, aye, I mean, last week they're obviously hoping they're building for a, a, a return to the Premiership, but um, well, it's a, a bit away yet. Yeah. So it's good to see them tying up people at the moment. Still not promoted, mind you, because it's Dundee United and you just don't know you're with Dundee United. And I've managed to screw up the, the playoffs the last couple of seasons, so uh, I don't know. It's still a lot to play for there as well, whether they'll get through the through play the Premiership team is the first question. And like I say, yes. it does look they'll probably finish second, so they'll be playing yeah. either Imagine United or Inverness. Uh, mm-hmm. That's looking pretty much that's looking beyond them filming now. Their form has been pretty poor. They're eight points behind. So, aye, it's mm-hmm. like the three playoff spots are done. Just about if there's anything else behind them, and that division's pretty much uh, start for grabs. Them. Yeah, you've still got um, half the league um, fighting for survival. Um, nice. We'll obviously um, touch on what the results can be more later on. Um, as we record, they're winning um, against Inverness, having been behind. But Allo again, four wins in a row. They've really turned it around um, Quinney South but really are in free fall they've only picked up it's incredible with them they were um, after beating Cali Thistle and Ross County in January they were um, fourth, of the, fourth in the table looking good for um, the playoffs they've only picked up five points since then um, their form is absolutely horrendous and now it looks as though Dobby could be out for pretty much the rest of the season so they're the ones I think that are going to finish bottom Aye, massive games at the weekend as well. Falkirk host Morton, uh, Thistle host Alloa, and Queen of the South hosted Vermont. Yeah, that was a big win for Falkirk, you know, because they rode the luck with um, Bruce Anderson missing the penalty. Um, I saw the tweet from Tam McManus of the penalty. It wasn't a very good one, but the keeper did his job. And then Keeler Dunn, who we mentioned last week when Andy was on, scoring the winning goal. So he's he could be... Um, Pivotal and them staying up. And I think the last three seasons is Falkirk, uh, so is um, Queen of South and Partick. That could be interesting. If, as likely as they'll both be in there. 
Oh, I definitely, because I, I the, went the following week. <coughs> um, Queen of the South have to go to Ross County. Mm-hmm. It's just difficult. Yeah. I think someone touched on it earlier in the season that they were, well, a couple of weeks ago, that they're on maybe to, they could be a danger team. They get dragged into it, and they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Chris at the start of the season said they'd be the ones that were in the the, the playoff, and could well he could well be wrong in that regard. And the fact that they're more likely to finish bottom the way their form's going. I know Partick's bottom at the moment, but Partick will feel pleased that um, they got a draw at the weekend away to Ross County, um, which delays them winning the title by I would say a couple of weeks. But um, it could be a good point for Partick, providing obviously they do the business in the last three games, so it's going to be really interesting down there. That, that last day of the season, Queen of the South hosting Partick's Russell game, that's looking like the, the real standard of the, the five. Yeah. Falkirk are hosting Ross County, um, Morton are hosting Dundee United, so they've got tough games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Al are away to Air United, so the, the three of them have got tough games, so you think they could all drop points. If they're all still in the mix, Queen of the South are playing Partick's Russell, it's going to be, that's, that's the game to keep an eye on, I think. So. Yeah. I think the big thing when you look at uh, Queen of the South as well with Dobie without and that's top scorer after that has got five goals <laughs> and thereafter everyone else is in two so that shows Jeez, so. just how big an influence Dobie is it's not just the fact that you know, he has goals but there's no one else really scoring for him which yeah yeah would make you worry if you were a Queen of the South fan yeah without a doubt but um, one team that um, finally at Arbroath um got themselves promoted at the weekend, they got the point they needed at breaking. So um yeah. So someone tweeted at the weekend we we dick went up. <laughs> well, we, had a, we had a weekend of semis and we dick yeah. went up. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever allow that as a podcast title? <laughs> nope. <laughs> I don't know if we'll be allowed to pro- um, publish this but what would you say? <laughs> Not alone a title. Um but no, that's a tremendous achievement for um, Arbroath going up, you know. Um, I can't even remember the last time they were in the second tier of Scottish football. Um, they'll probably nailed on favourites to come back down, but um, you just never know. I mean, look at what Arlo's doing just now. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, I suppose it depends what happens in the playoff as well. Because usually the team that wins the playoff tends to be favourite to go straight back down. But um, it may be that someone from the championship stays up. It might be Race Rovers or even Forfa, maybe. Come up, Montrose or East Fife. Aye, Montrose are in the fourth spot at the moment, but East Fife could take that back. They just lost it the weekend, though. Um, and I think Airdrie are still in with a mathematical shout, but it's probably Aye. between between Montrose and East Fife for the final spot. Yeah, they had a bad one at the weekend, losing at home to Stenismere, which brings Stenismere live on points of breaking. Yeah. So that's um, you know it's. Still not beyond the realms of possibility for Dumbarton Stranard to be pulled back into it because it's only four points. But Stranard, great result for them going to Wraith Rovers and winning. And uh, um, Dumbarton, a decent point away at Forfar. You know, that's two sides in the playoffs that those two sides have got results against. Uh, it's, it's, it's funny actually, I mean, like Breaking City are in there uh, in, in the playoff spot at the moment and they went down last season from the Championship. You've got Thistle who are in the, the playoff spot. Is it the playoff spot they're in at the moment in the Championship? The bottom. So they're 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 in, they're in relegation danger, having come down to the championship for the Premiership last season. Um, am I right in saying Albion Rovers get relegated from League One into League Two? Yeah. And they're yes. in danger of the playoffs as well. So you could have three teams getting double relegated yeah. in the same season. That's phenomenal, but a change when it comes to Scottish football. So, um, more exciting. That's for sure. I League One as well in terms of Stranraer after the good win they've had. Yeah, and that's two games. Are they against Breaking and Dumbarton? Teams are in them. So yeah. uh, if, they, if they can continue their form, they should be safe. Yeah, well, if they beat Breaking, they'll be mathematically safe in terms of um, being ahead of Breaking because that would take that to seven points. Um, they could still be in the playoffs if Stenismere um, won at the same time, mind you. And then the last day of the season could be an absolutely massive game, Breaking against Stenhousemere. Yeah, that's that's huge if it stays the way it is. Yeah. Especially when they're live on points now, so um it's breaking ahead as soon as you're a goal difference and it's a it's an eight between them. Yeah. So yeah, that's that you're right, that could be really big. Mm-hmm. 
and then uh, mentioned Albion Rovers. Um, they got a pretty decent point away um, Peterhead at the weekend. Them um, going the ninety second minute, um, which keeps them up, which puts them up point for the clear of um, Bennett Rangers because it's at two points um, in front. Yep. Clyde are still four, um, are four points behind after their terrific win at Edinburgh City. So they're, um, yeah, and it's those four points that they um, they were deducted, mm-hmm. um, and they made the appeal, and the SPFL said no, and Clyde made it perfectly clear in their statement that they're not happy. It reads that SPFL's action um, resulted in Hearts accruing a point from a competitive game, which they feel an ineligible player. At both the hearing and the appeal, the club cited um, the League One match between Ayr and Peterhead in 2014 when Peterhead were found to have breached the rules by feeling the eligible player. The match was declared null, not void. So the match was not declared void, but ordered to be replayed in the interest of sporting integrity and fairness to both sides. So I suppose they're looking for consistency, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, right. Uh, I I personally agree with the punishment that Clyde have got, and I I also agree with the point that it should have been consistent with everybody else. But I reckon Peter Edger had the the point deduction. Hearts we moaned about it at the start of this season that they got just enough deducted that meant they could still qualify out of that group mm-hmm. and went all the way to semi final because of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but. You know, because it's a shame because that could have made the chat. I mean, it still could be interesting if Peterhead continue to slip up points and Clyde um, continue to make them up. Um, but it would, it's still likely that Peterhead will go and win that division. Um, yeah, ah, but, it's looking that way. I think the, the good thing for Clyde from their perspective, though, is that they're taking a bit of form into what it could be the, the, the playoffs if, if, yeah. if they don't catch Peterhead. Um, Peterhead's form slipping a bit, but they may just have enough uh, of a gap to get them over the line. But certainly Clyde have won like four of the last five. Um, and in Athletic were looking pretty good for having form, but they've, they've got, well, lost one and drawn one in the last five. Edinburgh City are the team that won't in trouble. They're the ones that have, have lost three out of the last five. They've just they've completely fell away for having been in with a shout of winning the division. Um, they now look like if they carry this form into the playoffs, they won't last long. Yeah, well, Anning compl- um, mathematically confirmed their place in the playoff with that draw against Stellan Albion, yeah. who were the only team that could have got them, although there was a 25-goal difference um, <laughs> separating the two sides as well as the 12-point gap. So, um, yeah, Anning will be in the, the playoffs. And um, down at the, um, in the Highland League, Cove, Cove Rangers um, secured a playoff but with um, East Cobright. Yep. That should be interesting because I think both of those teams have got a bit of uh, aspiration when it comes to getting into the, the league. So, fingers crossed, whoever wins that playoff can beat whoever is in the league too. Because when Edinburgh City have proved, certainly in the last couple of seasons, where it's uh, it's worth coming up. So, mm-hmm. um, it's, again, we just say it's, it's up away from this season, but um, you, you would hope that they can continue what they've started here. Uh, certainly, like East Cobride are a, a, a huge town, so. Um, good to see a football team there. There was talk of Clyde moving there a few years ago, so that seems to have gone quiet now because they've got East Cobride already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't know what's happened with Clyde. It's um, been a good few years since they've mentioned anything. Maybe they've finally sorted their differences out with North Lancashire Council um, to keep their football there, or they just don't have the finances, Clyde, to uh, move to a new stadium. <laughs> um, but there you are. We're going to have to move on to the cup, aren't we? It's all right, we can start with the Hearts game. Aye. We can just start and finish with the Hearts game if you want. Yeah, that would be nice. I, I feel like I'm going to talk issues. to myself. And there's recording issues in about five minutes. <laughs> five minutes? Is that what just got a notification by Skype, aye. Just said, aye. Yeah. It's very late, Chris. Five minutes, you've, you've overrun your time <laughs> for, the, for the season. <laughs> we're better, we're better up talking about Hearts then. Um, to get Hearts oh, incidentally, uh, sorry, but in um, Championship, it's finished Morton 2 and Furness 2. Oh, that's oh. a nasty equaliser. Yes. Desmond. Uh, Macaulay in 88 minutes. So that means that, um, well, Inverness are almost guaranteed the playoffs um, at the top end, and well, Morton's only three points ahead of Partick and two points ahead of Falkirk. Partick have that game in hand, which they play air next week. Yeah, that, like you say, it's. Inverness goal difference eight, Dunfermline goal difference minus four. So even if they can make up the nine points, are they going to do a twelve goal this one? Yeah, but that's better news for Inverness after the weekend. 
Yeah, I uh, it was a nice, nicely timed that. Um, yeah, they were they were they were a tad unfortunate, I think. Um, the Hearts were always a favourite going into this this semi final uh, as the Premiership team. Um, we know Hearts started the season pretty well. They were, they were top of the league for long enough. They had all their injury problems and they kind of slipped away. Um, and although they have kind of recovered a bit, they've not really put the same form that they had. Obviously, lost the Derby the week before against Hibs at home. Um, so they were looking to bounce back into this. And I, I think we said that when the draw was made, that both Hearts and Inverness were probably the happier teams uh, in the draw because they got the easier tie um, as, as um, it went to form. Um, and, and Hearts were dominant in the first half without getting the goal. Um, that would have given them the advantage but they got that very quickly in the second half and as you would expect it was all set pieces basically um, a couple of corners got the first couple of goals uh, and apparently it was a, the third goal I think the, the unfortunate thing from um, the perspective of Inverness is that they, were, they were a bit tad unfortunate because was it a 1-0 the keeper had a great save for Hearts yeah the free, free kick yeah, for the free kick. I mean, that was if if that goes in, Inverness are in a great shout of getting back into the game um, because they had their tails up. Uh, they also had the ball in the net at one point, which was given for offside. Sports seem are trying to suggest that it was about half speed offside because actually it came off the Hearts defender. Um, I I take issue with that because although it came off the Hearts defender last. It was immediately after it attacked the Inverness player. So if you go back to that passage of play, he was still offside. <laughs> so I don't know why they were trying to claim that. Um, but yeah, it was it was only slightly offside. It was on. We've seen goals given for that one against Hearts for one off earlier in the season. But uh, yeah, I think credit a great decision. So um, they were. It's not as if Inverness were just overrunning this game. They they had. These two chances, especially at one 0 um, and if they equalised, then it was going to be a different game. But once once the second goal went in for Hearts, it was it was pretty plain sailing for that. Um, Suter doesn't really get in the goal scoring much, so uh, nice volley. <laughs> Is that his first goal? I wasn't I wasn't sure. I wasn't going to commit to it, but um, yeah, um, I don't think there's any doubt that the the penalty was a penalty either. Yeah, um, there was no complaint from the Inverness player. Yeah. Uh, so, aye, it's um, I, I full credit to Hearts. They got the job done. Um, it's it's never easy when you're the overwhelming favourite to to come out of the game with credit. But Hearts did everything they needed to do in this game. Um, got a few goals, got himself into the final. So they'll be back at Hamden on the twenty fifth of May. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. First final since they won it last against Hibs in twenty twelve. Yeah, I believe. Cause I think yeah. this is the first time they've been in this even like this far in the competition since then. Yeah, it so, is. Yeah, yeah they'll, be, they'll be hoping to get their hand on the, the cup again. Um, well, well, they've won the last three Scottish Cup finals, Hearts. Yeah, against Hibs and Rangers and Gretna. Yeah. Michael Stewart, I've seen, had another wee attack on Levine. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see those two um, exchanging Christmas gifts later this year. Um, but, I mean, I know uh, Ewan Cameron was another one that said Levine out even before the game. He says, and he was asked the question, even if Hearts reach the final, um, he still wants him out, even if they win the Scottish Cup. This, this um, He wants him out because, um, you know, the route to the final has been so-called easy. I think if they win the Scottish Cup, I think they might change their tune. Um you know, at the end of the day, on Saturday, they did what they had to do. Um, they took advantage of, um, you know, their, their strengths, which is the set piece. And APS, um, you know, was stronger to hold off a defender, wanted it more for that first goal. Although um, it starts off with the fact Inverness are sleeping at the corner and Mulraney gets away and gets the ball across goal. And then obviously second win, it's, again, not great defending, but they take advantage of it. Um, but they've got the job done. Um, after not playing great in the first half, some of the Craig Levine said at halftime obviously what, but at the end of the day it doesn't matter um, who you face in the cup, you've still got to get the job done because when you go into ties with complacency, that's when you come unstuck and yeah, they, they did it well. Right, who is that that's opened the door? <laughs> oh, that was a, it was a special guest. I, my wife was wanting on the podcast, I think. 
she was <laughs> she's going to play space with it. I don't need to talk about Aladdin. Uh, well, well, I thought she'd figured out what you just sent us on WhatsApp. <laughs> oh, she knows. She, she knows. It's all right. You know what? Kelly Brooks been on this podcast before. She has, yes. But yeah, funnily enough, after an Aberdeen Celtic Scottish Cup tie at Hamden. <laughs> it, uh, it was more than a semi. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, think, <laughs> I think the hearts, I can come back to hearts, when you read from what a lot of kind of Hearts fans say in the media. Last season, I think there was a bit more acceptance in terms of how the season was because they'd blooded so many youth players. Mm-hmm. So they had the most minutes in the league in terms of kind of young players under 21 or whatever. So that was kind of positive. It was the likes of Cochrane, Timoros, Morrison, I think, had played a bit few others. This season, they've now had the least amount of minutes. Yeah. So you kind of think, what's, what's Living's policy? Is it to develop the youth, or is it just to go back to the tried and tested, which Hearts have been doing for years, sign as many players and see how many stick? Yep, so sign thousands of players. Because um, I think last year the probably fans would have been a bit more accepting about the fact that maybe they were a wee bit below where they wanted to be because they'd had each young players playing. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty poor, um, you know, because you feel for guys like. Cochrane, um, who, you know, looks like he was going to burst on the scene, and all of a sudden he's nowhere near the team. It's, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not right, but, you know, they won't care if, they, or Craig Levine certainly won't care because they've reached a cup final. Um, and I suppose Hearts fans, they just want to see, you know, their team regularly get back to Hamden, and, you know, they're on the way of doing that, obviously. Um, but interested to see how they got in on the, the 25th of May. Um, from our perspective, after our game at the weekend, we're in the position where if we finish fourth, we're wanting them to get beat. Um, so, yeah, I can't sit here and say I want Hearts to win the cup. No, <laughs> well, you might. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, we'll give it a few weeks to see when Aberdeen finish the league. I think, to be honest, I said. Sorry, you go, John. No, you go. I was just going to say, um, because of the way, because it's Craig Levine um, and the way they play. Even if Aberdeen finished fifth and we, you know, and we're not going to qualify for Europe, I, I'll be honest, I would rather see Celtic win out the two because I can't stick Craig Levine in his football tactics. Um, but hey ho, if they do it, then then, then good luck to them. But yeah, yeah there's the other thing as well in terms of Hearts. Aberdeen always compete about who's the third best team and all that type of thing. So that would be another heart trophy that Hearts get that. Yeah. Well, that would that would be Hearts up to nine if they won the Scottish Cup this year. Yeah. Um, how many is it for Aberdeen? Seven. Eight? Yeah, seven. Yeah. Oh, I mean, overall trophies, I think they are sort of like one behind us, maybe. Yeah, because I, I think if I'm, I think I'm right in saying there's only three teams have had double figures in the Scottish Cup, and it's Celtic Rangers and Queens Park. Yeah. And most of Queens Park came what, eighteen hundreds. Um. So yeah, it's yeah. um. Actually, I mean, it, it's it's funny the the when you look at the history of this, um, you think. Obviously, Hearts, one of the most successful teams in Scotland. Celtic are the most successful team in the Scottish Cup. This is only the fourth time they'll meet and the first time since 1956 in the final. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Hearts won it the last time the Celtic and Hearts met in the final. Um, and then the previous times, I think Celtic won the one before it and the first time they met in the final, it was Hearts. So Hearts won it, then Celtic won it, then Hearts won it. By that part, and Celtic won it next. I'll be quite happy if that's yeah. the bottom. <laughs> Celtic have never won the Scottish Cup three times in a row. No, we haven't. No, I no, but they're a bit. Teams. Yeah, yeah. The last time Celtic were in a third, their third, third final in a row was um, the same year that Aberdeen. Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, last time we won the cup, and that's now going to go to thirty years since that. Then um, we last won the Scottish Cup thanks to Sunday. Let's just move on to that. Nice Thinking even number the thirty years, isn't it? Nice even number. I've I've always reckoned that this Celtic not winning it three times in a row was self-inflicted. It was a jinx that they put on ourselves because they won it in 1907 against Hearts. That was the one the one they beat Hearts in the final actually. Um, they won it in 1908 and then the 1909 final, which Celtic also made, was the one that got um, abandoned after um, this first replay because it was going to go to a second replay and the crowd rioted. They were playing Rangers in the final, so the Scott SFA just was held the cup. So that was Celtic's chance to win it three times in a row and because of the riot we have started this jinx and we haven't 
I think the like you say, I think the closest we ever got to between that period and now was the the penalty shootout that Aberdeen won. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is this is Celtic's chance to finally win it a third time in a row. Um, yeah. Thanks to Sunday semi final. And this is where I talk to myself, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Well, unless we want to get some stuff out of our system in terms of the the therapy sessions from this season, we'll buy barges out. So. Yeah. Well, just buying in terms yeah. of the tactics whereby I think most of the season against Celtic, the tactics have been not far off being spot on. I don't know what was going on Sunday. Well, I think they tried pretty much the the same as what they've done before. Um, but the problem that we had um, was that Stevie May was effectively doing the role of two strikers because he was um, asked to cover Scott Brown, but because Sam Cosgrove wasn't doing his job in splitting the two defenders or going to one of the defenders, May had to do that and try to direct um, Cosgrove onto Brown. And then after sending off, which obviously we'll touch on later, um, McInnes then takes off Stevie May. Um, again we had to make the substitution because obviously we've lost our only right back and he's not even a right back um, we had to bring Devlin on who's a centre back to go play right back um, for me the toss up was between Greg Stewart who again was pretty poor every time he got the ball I really even had it. a start yeah well, the only, reason, the only reason he started was because now McGinn was injured and that could, you know, when I heard that McGinn was out I thought this was not going to be our day. Um, I really feared that because McGinn's been excellent, um, especially on big games recently. Um, so I would have took off Stuart or Cosgrove because Cosgrove, it just wasn't working at all. He never won a single head all game, although apparently, allegedly um, he did win one in like, the 75th minute, by which time you and I were both out of the ground. Um, both out of five, yes. But um, to take Stephen May off was really harsh because, you know, May's get. I know he's not been the best goal threat so you can maybe understand keeping on um, Cosgrove from that point of view but he just offers so much more in terms of his energy his work ethic why when you're playing Celtic um, and you've, you're already up against it and then you're down to 10 men why would you take off someone like Stephen May I yeah that was my thinking as well as soon as it happened you're thinking well you keep me on for his work rate and also his fact as well as what he can do going back the way and mm-hmm. that's Greg Stewart's not going to do much of that going back the way we need to I actually don't know after uh, Ball gets it off where Greg Stewart was supposed to be playing. It looked like he was still trying to play as a number 10, which just meant it was space out wide. Yeah. And the thing is as well, I mean, we, we always like, um, when we play Celtic, we usually a defender have the ball and it's usually Boyata, but obviously Boyata wasn't playing. Um, but in the League Cup final, that was the one bit that cost us because we let Boyata have the ball and then play the ball into Ryan Christie, who um, obviously scored the winner. Joseph Simonovic could have scored from us allowing him to do that, he just we just allowed him to step forward and then he had a shot and Lewis made a good save. So, I mean, I get what we're trying to do. You're up against better players, you've got to find a way of containing them, but you can't just invite them to walk forward with the ball. There, there wasn't a bit of pressure on him. Um, there's no question we missed Shinny in, um, you know, in his experience because we ended up with two centre midfielders in there who have a combined age of 37, which... That makes me feel old because that, that makes them a younger, you're younger than me combined. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was already a hard task. And I thought ball was harshly booked for the first one. Um, the second one, there's no question it's a yellow card. Um, I don't think it's malicious. Um, you know, there's a lot of Celtic fans online who are saying that, you know, he deliberately went to injure Ryan Christie. That is um, the biggest pile of pish, excuse my language. Um, yeah, straight away, you can see Ball's concerns. Yeah, like, really yeah, concerned. It's a, he's it's not going a, to injure him. It's a yeah. pal, I think. It's a pals, they, they socialise yeah. outside of football. Aye, exactly. It's um, mistimed. Yeah, it's mistimed. It, it's pr- is it one that you should go for? No. When you look at it, probably not. That's um, my problem. That is, there is no way he's getting anywhere near that ball yeah. at all. Because Christie's up earlier. He's pretty much got the ball before um, ball even gets. He's pretty much got a ball before ball gets off the bloody name. Yeah. Before he gets off the ground. So he, all he is getting is Ryan Christie. It's a terrible decision. If it had been a straight red, I wouldn't have been surprised. But I know what you guys are saying. Like, I don't think there's any malice in it. I think it's just a ridiculous decision on Ball's behalf, I mean, to even challenge for it, because he's not getting it. Yeah. He's obviously realised, 
late that oh that ball's there to be won. Um, but he's he's getting into late. Maybe I mean hindsight's a wonderful thing. But if he had a split second to think, he probably wouldn't have gone and thought I'm not getting this. Yeah. Um, or but you know it's just it's just really unfortunate. Um, but just to you know I've obviously um had my tuppence worth at the Celtic fans that are saying it was um you know who said that it was um deliberate. I'll also um have my dig at fellow Aberdeen fans who are, co- are coming out um you know say you know saying that um haha Ryan Christie and laughing at Ryan Christie. Grow up. Yeah, you I know, don't get I, that at all. I mean this is a guy who had pretty much two seasons at Aberdeen on loan for Celtic. Yeah. And he was terrific for you. So you would think there'd be a bit of respect there, but to come out and laugh at him like that, it's just I mean, have you seen the pictures of it? It's a yeah, mess. he's yeah, I mean, several factors the rest of the season as well. Ah, there was talk about the cup final, but nah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I've never understood why people celebrate other players getting injured. No, you wouldn't like if it happened to your team. I mean, it's like the Aberdeen fans who um, you know keep going on about the Durant tackle. I'm really sick of that. I've spoken about that before, but you know, and again, it's happened at the weekend. If that had happened to um, an Aberdeen player, like. Um, Gary McKay-Steven perhaps yeah I mean that to me was the difference with Gary McKay-Steven it's it's, it's almost a a mirror image because um, Boyata clattered him now there's been a lot of people comparing the two I think the difference is probably Boyata had a chance of getting the ball I don't think Ball ever had a chance of getting the ball that might be the subtle difference Um, but I mean it's the same idea it's a as a former Celtic player that's now playing for Aberdeen that's been sparked out on the uh, the deck and it was nothing but respect out of the, the crowd for him so um, I really don't understand the, the mentality of the, the people that were think this is, this is great that I think Chris is this season end of injury yeah. yeah I don't get it either um, I mean to be fair most Aberdeen fans in the crowd when he was carried off were um, applauding but there was obviously um, booze from a couple of them as well which unfortunately tend to drown out sometimes but oh, as we've said before yeah. does, all teams have got a, a minority unfortunately that mm-hmm. get little respect yeah for others yeah exactly um, it's almost as if like oh it's football as if it excuses behaviour you wouldn't do it anywhere else or if you do then aye as you said it'll like grow up aye that's, need. aye that's it entirely fair um, enough Booing folk and all that, if just for noble stuff, but no one's someone's injured. Mm-hmm. And a serious injury to that as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's ironic that um you know, Chris mentions the Mackay Stephen um injury and that affected us because it was in that injury time that, that was added, um, that we lost the goal in that game and it was the same in yeah. uh, Sunday there because uh, James Forrest, uh, it's a lovely finish. You get, I think it's get worse than um, too easy, but then obviously we're a man less, we're still trying to regroup and uh, it was a terrific goal, just what James Forrest can do. Um, I, I thought he was quite harshly bit for diving, incidentally. Um, although yeah, he I... was, was pulled back. The replay clearly shows the tug back. It was um, outside the box. He made, he, oh, it, was, it was outside the box and I'm pretty right. sure James Forrest made the most of that pull yeah. um, because it was never a lose your legs kind of pull. It was a slight shot pull. Um, yeah. So I would have just let that one go. If it was me, I think the booking was harsh. But yeah, I mean, like, there's there's a lot of people saying, like you, you said yourself, that James Forrest was given too much space. I think he created the space himself. That turn yeah, he makes is terrific. Ah, uh, um, he does. I think you want to maybe get. Uh, it's a difficult one because it's like if you get too tight, it's probably easier for him to turn like that. But then, is it one of those you would maybe take one for the team? I don't know. Because if you have free kick in a dangerous position, second maybe. goal is poor defending. Definitely need to deal with. It. Yeah, it would, have been, it would have been nice if Hayes had been allowed to score a goal himself. Um, it would have been difficult for a tight angle. Um, but I, I think once he's, he's nipped in there, and, um, it's just he's the wrong side, takes him out, no doubt. Edward um, tucks away the penalty. Lewis guessed right. I mean, he nearly got a hand to it. So, um, but yeah, once at 1 0 down and a man down, um, it was always going to be difficult for Aberdeen in the second half. Till then, lose the penalty um, kind of pretty much finished it off uh, and then it just went mental after that I think Aberdeen lost the plot uh, yeah, fair, mental. I, 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 
I think Ferguson spent most of the game getting away with challenges, and like my Twitter timeline, which I admit will be biased towards Celtic anyway, uh, it was going absolutely mental about how much Ferguson was getting away with. Uh, for it we then get a straight red and I think right way straight red I don't think there's any doubt of that one there's no complaints there's no complaints yeah. I don't think anyone's trying to defend it thank you no. Ferguson as well was, he kind of realised much as he tried to at first say oh I got the ball yeah. I think he realised because he, he, he didn't complain he just walked off the pitch you can um, even see from something he'll learn from yeah, you, you think so? I think he's obviously a young guy that's just um, get caught up in the heat of the moment. He's got frustrated and just um, launched himself into that challenge out of frustration. And it's a terrible one to make. I mean, we could see from even as far back as the West End that it was a two-footed lunge. Yeah. And that was my, uh, my cue to go. I just thought, no. Yeah. Um, bad support, you can say. I mean, there was a lot of Aberdeen fans that started heading for the exits as soon as it hit 2-0. Um, so fair play to those who actually stayed till the very end. Um, but yeah, for me personally, it's not something I do very often, but I just thought there was no point. Just let's beat the traffic, because um, you know, you're two down when they, and two men down. There's not a hope in hell that you were going to um, get back into it. Yeah, it's just yeah. miserable after that. Yeah, yeah, I've seen the uh, uh, two. When our first one gets sent off and my boy goes to me, right? I uh, goes to my boy, right? I think we should maybe probably head. And he's like, oh, we'll get five minutes. And then I went, hmm. <laughs> and then we start walking up. We start, we start walking up, and then I goes no, oh, and I start walking up the stair, and then you obviously hear the cheers, and you're like, mm-hmm. come on, and I, he, he mm-hmm. took, he took advice yes. out um, uh, of I think just the biggest disappointment is the fact that probably it was a game. If any, I'm always optimistic, as John will tell you. He's seen me mm-hmm. and what I'm like before big games in the pub and all that, and that's what I would drink. And this was one in, in particular. I thought, yeah, good, but. We were in a pub whereby it was Aberdeen fans only. One same we were same one we were in before the the final zone, right. and it'd be going all well. And then two Celtic fans came in. They got chatting to them because we were chatting away and we were just chatting, and they were saying, "I they're worried about the game." And I was saying, "I know, I'm pretty confident." And then, but then that, I think maybe just seeing the Celtic fans, you then just start thinking, "Yeah, but Celtic won big games. That, that's mm-hmm. what Celtic did recently. not just recently, but there was that wee bit of like just." Could they not just have stayed away? Because um, that way you can have that wee bit of doubt and come in and go, aye, aye. And then you seen the team, and then it was like, I wasn't even exactly pleased. Greg Stewart was in it. I, I, just, I, I, I was the same. I was, I was exactly the same because I've I've been moaning for weeks about how poor Celtic have been under Neil Lennon. Um, since he came in, he's, he admitted himself a couple of weeks ago that he's tried not to change too much, but you can see it in Celtic in the previous games where they look like they're trying to still play what Rodgers is doing, but there's bits of Neil Lennon's team in there as well, and it's just like two systems that aren't quite melding together properly. And I think it was there was no spark of creativity against Aberdeen in the, in the league game, and it finished nothing each. We had nothing against Livingston as well. It was nothing each. We'd been getting late winners against the likes of Dundee. We had It was late on that we clinched the game against St Mirren. Um, we struggled against the 10 men of Hearts when we get back to one each. We struggled against the 10 men of Rangers when we get back to one each. Um, we got the late winners in both of those games, but it, it was just... There was no game really that you could point to and say Celtic were really good that day since Lennon came back, with one exception maybe, and that was a Hibs game in the previous round. Yeah. Um, and I dismissed that as I took us ages to get two goals. So I was going into this game exactly the same. I mean, I thought Aberdeen have been stuffy against us all season. I was really worried that this was going to be the game that Aberdeen would win. Um, I think like it took a bit of magic from Sinclair in the first league game. It took the, a bit of magic for Edward coming off the bench in the second game. It took a bit of magic for the boy Ryan Christie goal for the, the League Cup final. Um, every single game had had this little spark of magic, which we never got in the nothing each game. So I was I, I, would, I just didn't know where it was going to come from in this game. And actually, this turned out to be um, by far and away the best performance I've had under Neil Lennon since he's returned. I think um, probably up until yeah. the sending off, we weren't so bad, but the sending off just... Aye, I think... I mean, Celtic I, used the extra man to the advantage and to make it count. I think that's something Celtic can do pretty well. Yeah, I think, in this instance, I think Celtic were the better team when it was 11 versus 11, but Aberdeen were holding out pretty well. Um, yeah. I think, like, the, the save for Lewis, for Simonovic, was probably, like, the highlight um, up until that point. 
But unlike the game against Rangers and unlike the game against Hearts, when Aberdeen went down to 10 men, Celtic dominated the game after that. It was a case yeah. of, what like you say, they used the extra man uh, to the best of their ability. There was no complacency this time and and it basically became how many <laughs> by the end. Um, so yeah, it was it, it was it was much more professional, much more like the, the Celtic I would expect to see, um, and I just hope we can carry it on, get the the league um, tied up for the next couple of weeks, and yeah. hopefully take it into the Scottish Cup final and, and complete the. We, we keep calling it a hysteric, a hysteric, historic, <laughs> <treble. Aesthetic. laughs> the, the double treble was historic. So, yeah, of people course forget that. Historic as well. Yeah, it'll be historic when you clinch your eighth trophy in a row because obviously that breaks the Scottish record and then yeah. obviously it's then that by making it nine. Um, my thoughts before the game, it was weird because usually when it comes Aberdeen Celtic, especially at Hamden, it's like it's going to be Celtic all day long. Last week it was weird um, because part of me thought there was a chance because it was a new it was a new Lennon Celtic you hadn't been playing that great, um, but the other part of me thought we're without Graeme Shinney and um, Celtic do have the big game players and that's obviously what turned out to be the case. Celtic's big game players just stepped up plus we were without um, you know, again one of our better players in recent months um, even if he hasn't had necessarily the best of seasons the last couple of months he stepped up in big games and we really miss him because as John said Stuart was like a passenger um, but credit to Celtic you know they um, they, man- they managed the situation well Um before they sending off, I always felt there was going to be a point where they would get their goal. But when they get the extra bit of space, um, they took advantage of it. And yeah, um, congratulations. But um, then there was, uh, you talk about losing the plot. Derek McInnes reacted to um chance of um, cheer up Derek McInnes um, and got himself sent off. And then yep. that became, it's ironic that the media are jumping on the bandwagon again. Um, why does it always take, uh, from between Steve Clark and Derek McInnes, there's been lots of sectarian chanting going on um, in these last couple of months, every single week. It has not once been picked up. Um, I think the, the media picked up on something that Police Scotland were apparently investigating Aberdeen fans singing the same chant towards Stephen Gerrard and the cup yeah. tie. Other than that, it's been nothing. There's worse chants going on. Um, but the, the media are failing. Investigating yeah. Sunday as well now, it's come out. Yeah. Which, um, somebody how do you investigate somebody within a crowd that's singing a song I never, this is, I this is why one, there's, there's so much problems person, though, that's the issue. Yeah. I, I, think that, I think Celtic fans are the somebody so they're just generalising um, and then Celtic obviously um, in their statement condemned this, the, the support signing those songs but also pointed out um, the chance seems about them and I know exactly the chance they're talking about Um which I'll be honest, when I heard pedo um, being chanted, I cringed. Similarly, the Jimmy Savile stuff. Um, I don't even know if Jimmy Savile's even a Celtic fan, so um, so I don't understand why he's getting prop. Whether something gets done about, I don't know. Something we've been saying for years though about sectarian chants that something needs to be done about it. Um, that's happening. I'm saying, well, it's even happening with other clubs as well. We've heard it. Yeah, I mean, the Hearts are closing uh, a section of their stand after the abuse that's been coming for them. Um, so, I mean, credit to uh, Hearts for dealing with some. Um, I that's it. I know the CCTV needs to be better then because they've managed to supposedly identify fans that have caused bother yeah. as well. Yeah. They're trying to do things. They're trying to put measures in place. I think the statement from Anbudge as well was really good. Because yeah, I think yeah, that, it's costing them money. I mean, they've spent a lot of money doing up Tyne Castle. Yeah. At least they're trying yeah. to do something. I've seen people say all they're doing is moving the problem elsewhere. But she's trying to do something, which yeah. I think she deserves a lot, a lot of credit for. That yeah, was more than just clubs. Yeah. And I think some of the other clubs, it's a case of they say they're doing stuff, but really they're not. Yeah, yeah. I think that, that that's probably the, the thing, though, is that, like, yes, they might be moving the problem elsewhere, but. They've already shut one section. If it comes from another section, maybe we'll shut that as well and just continually shut things until there's nothing left or you stop the singing. So credit to them for doing something. Um, it's, it's easy enough to sit here and go, oh, we shouldn't have strict liability because you don't want to punish the players and you shouldn't have this and you shouldn't have that and you shouldn't have that. Here's some, that I think this is the best way to combat it. It's just, if you're going to be this, this bad, we're shutting the stand. Yeah. 
Um, it's you going think to it be a... happen at Celtic and Rangers? Well, Celtic did at one point shut off the standing section because of um, issues with the, the fans are there. So it's not as if Celtic haven't tried doing things before. The problem's going to be dealing with away fans, I think, because there's obviously rules in the, um, what, the SPFL and the SFA's books about how much um, there has to be for away fans in, in the stadium for certain competitions. So it's very hard to say, you know what, your fans have been... Um, singing this and that and the next thing in our stadium so we're just not going to sell you any tickets yeah a lot of the teams don't take their own stewards now the Celtic and Rangers don't take their own stewards yeah it was a five because they demanded a five percent levy and um and home tickets sold etc I can't remember what it was um but there was that kind of demand in there yeah the hearts thing wasn't strictly so much the singing it was also because of the stuff being thrown um from the step but just to take your point chris about um away fans surely the um, home fans if they feel as though um if the if the home clubs feel as though that there's enough evidence to say they've been misbehaving they've been singing this they've been throwing this they've been throwing that um but example i'll use um that will be controversial as Aberdeen Rangers. The last Aberdeen Rangers Scottish Cup tie, there was seats th- thrown from the Rangers fans into the Aberdeen end. There was a, the, the constant sectarian chanting, um, and that's fallen on the previous month's game where it was similar things happening. Um, Aberdeen could be within the rest um, to say, we're not giving you any tickets, we're banning you. Because remember Rangers banned Celtic fans in 1994? Yeah, it was the last chance you could do it though, because after that, Banning in 1994, the rules came in in the league to say you can't, you've got to have, you've got to have a certain amount of away fans. That's why they did it because they knew they could never get it, get it uh, retorted. Yeah, Kilmarnock have obviously come out today as well when they've half Rangers allocation for the game at Rugby Park, and there's part of their statement was about how it's family friendly club and all that. So maybe yeah. I kind of they they are using it as saying, a, it's 150 years since we found another club. We're yeah. going to have a party thing. But actually, you kind of suspect that the family-friendly thing is a, a dig because obviously there's been a bit of problems with um, Steve Clark um, and, and the Rangers fans. So yeah, make of that what you want. Of course, Rangers have spat the dummy out because oh, you're cutting yep. our allocation. This is awful. So like you cut Celtic's allocation this season by about a tenth. So yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been happening. What the clubs? Yeah, team club uh, allocation, away allocations getting reduced, and you'll probably see it more that season. Rangers are complaining that their allocation has been cut from what 5,000 to 2,500. I don't know what the two stands at the end of each goal command to hold, but I, I they give command like 800. Yeah, suppose they're getting 4,000 tickets in a 50,000 seater so, stadium. Yeah, they got about uh, 20% stadium, I think, Rangers, even at this cut version. Um, as opposed to the one percent or something that the the commander fans get at Ibrox. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, have a bit of perspective, case. Aye, certainly. But that's not the only daft statements come out of um, Ibrox this week. No doubt written by uh, Mr. Trainer for Mr. King, um, because he's uh, they're they're saying that they're um, on the verge of domination. Where? Yeah, I I I can understand. I could understand them saying this has been a great season. We've improved in Europe. Certainly, that was a great place to be. Um, we've finally beat Celtic. Um, at some point during the season, um, but still no trophies. Yeah. Um, the one thing that does, from his point of view, is it puts pressure on himself. Yeah. Because Gerard's going to be like, well, all right, okay. Uh, show us the money. Show me the money. <laughs> yeah, well, they were briefly level with Celtic, having played a game more in the winter break. That's as good as it got for Rangers in the, the league, really. Uh, it's yeah. just I don't I, I I don't even see how Rangers could even claim this season they've been serious challengers because here we are with five games left and we're waiting and Celtic winning the league. It's not as if it's going into the split. It's still open. It's done. It's been done for a couple of weeks now. The yeah. the, the Celtic Rangers game a couple of weeks ago was the, the effectively the clincher. Um, so I don't know how they can say they've been effective challengers. Never mind coming out and saying we're going to be the dominant force. Yeah, I mean, I'd looked at, there was a thing before the, I think last weekend, and they were saying about points difference from last season. Rangers are only four points better off than last yeah, season. So where have they Celtic, improved? Celtic actually, even though they've been criticised in terms of being not that great, are actually two points better off. You look at most of the teams, actually, and most teams, actually, from last season, 
they've not really kind of changed too much. Probably the, the big one um, is Dundee. Yeah, they're well points. Um, worse off. Yeah. Um, St. Johnston plus six, Motherwell plus five, Hearts plus four, Rangers plus four, Kabarik plus three, Celtic plus two, Aberdeen minus four, Hamlet minus five, Hibs mm-hmm. minus seven, Dundee minus twelve. But I would think Hibs will probably finish thereabouts to what they were last season. Um, so mm-hmm. quite interesting. There's not been that much change actually this season for most teams. Yeah. I mean, even um, like. If you look at the Cups, Rangers made the semi-final of both Cups last season. Got knocked out of the quarter-final of the, the Scottish Cup this season, so they've, they've progressed one round less. So, mm-hmm. that plus a couple of more points in the league. Yeah. You've had exactly, you've had almost exactly the same domestic season this season as you had last season. Mm-hmm. How, how did it think... Place. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, Aberdeen have had a Cup yeah. final, a semi-final, and are still in the hunt for... Yeah. Third. Okay, it'll be a bit worse off in the league, but... When you look at the changes that there's been in the Aberdeen yeah. squad this season, the young players coming through, I'm up, I wouldn't say I'm accepting of it, but you're a bit more accepting the fact that kind of, the criticism that we kind of got was that he didn't play enough young players. Well, that can't be aimed at in this season. When it comes to Rangers, the only real improvement you can say is Europe, because you can sit there and say, last season under Pedro they got papped out by some rubbish for Luxembourg. This season they were in the Europa League group stages. Um, and I Reasonably difficult group. Um, Villarreal are still in Europe. They were in a group mm-hmm. with them. So, um, home form has been better this season, but then their yeah. away form's still been a bit indifferent. Yeah, yeah, yeah their away form's worse than last season. And how much money have they spent to get into that position? Where, where is this? Do- I don't understand the dominance thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no. we're, in a, we're in a good stead. We're still building. We're building towards next season now. Maybe still season tickets. Just isn't it? Like that. Surely, surely that should be season tickets. Season tickets. I mean. The Rangers fans are intelligent enough not to fall for this nonsense every single season, surely. Mm-hmm. Well, I, mean, I think there'll be the majority... any, Rangers, any Rangers fans I know, and you'll kind of chat to them about it, much as in the, when it comes to talking to Celtic fans, yeah, they'll give it the all, yeah, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Generally, anyway, I've spoken to them, they're just doing that for a bit of a They talk to them, they yeah. actually say, yeah, you still don't know Celtic are going to win the league in all likelihood. I mean, potentially maybe you never know what happens in the summer because Celtic whether it's Lennon that's there or whether it's a new manager maybe another season if Gerrard's Gerrard's struggling to beat Rangers that season maybe they could be better off depending on the money they spend but still you would say Celtic will probably be it's not as if you've heard many Celtic players being linked with moves away in the summer I dare say maybe one or two might go. We we've got a few to go. Actually, that's a, a bit of an issue that we've got. Like, there's obviously the lone players are all disappearing. Um, the the good thing is that most of the players that played that cup semi final are guys that are hanging about. Um, I think only I think it was just Weir that came off the bench yeah, really. Um, the Benkovic went away, but he never played. So yeah. Um, so, so yeah, the, the the guys that came off the bench like uh, Timo Weir the guys that won't be there but other than that um, like I think Sinclair's still got another season to go um, Roger came off for Christie so he's um, still going to be about but uh, Edward Forrest Hayes both for Christie comes back alright in, in the summer McGregor Brown Tierney Ayer Seminovich Lustig but these are all guys that are going to be there next season it's, it's the likes of what does Craig Gordon do what does DeFries do what does Ben Craig won't be here Mm-hmm. And let's say the, the guys that are alone as well. So it's, the, the, there will be changes, but the starting eleven that's played the best game under Neil Lennon is going to be the team that's there next season. Yeah, and then there'll obviously be a couple of additions as well, at least. Yeah, you Rangers, you've got right. strength yeah. Rangers, you've got to think Morelos is, is away in the summer. Yeah, you would think they would cash in on them, yeah. If yeah, they get as well. Yeah, yeah, I think I, might be tempted to go back down south. That might fund the next signings. Um, I mean, there doesn't seem to be an issue with Rangers spending money they don't have because um, um, Dave King seems to be backing that quite sufficiently so that they can continually try to build on what they have. Um, so I don't think they won't be spending money, but if they can recoup some of that money, that would make it a bit easier. Yeah. And certainly the likes of Morelos and Tavernier and guys they can sell on um, might make that a lot easier. So 
they've got a few expect, loan players. Yeah, again, they do have a few loan players as well. So I, I expect there's a bit of rebuilding to be done there as well. They will look to strengthen, they will look to spend. They'll be absolutely desperate to stop nine in a row. Um, because at the moment they can say they've done nine in a row and so have Celtic. Well, <laughs> if Celtic win the league next season, Celtic have done it twice and will then be poised to get ten. Um, so the closer that comes, the more desperate Rangers are going to get. Yeah. If Celtic somehow do get to nine in a row next season, I dread to think what Rangers are going to do in this in that summer. Um, obviously they'll be hoping to to stop that before it even gets to that point, but hmm. uh, we shall see. That's uh, yeah. for the the distant future at the moment. Yeah, well they kick off the um, the weekend the the Premiership weekend action at Tyne Castle on uh, Saturday. Um, well, they're um, looking to make it a fourth consecutive win over Hearts this season. Um, you've got the Lanarkshire Derby, Hamilton and Mallow. Um, Hamilton, knowing that St. both St. Martin and Dundee are away, be looking for those three points. They're, they'll be hoping that Mallow are off it, given that Mallow don't really have anything to play for other than the seventh place trophy. Um, and the game, the game of the day on Saturday, um, come on, Caberdeen, the battle for. At the moment, the only Europa League spot available in the league, depending on how the cup final goes. Yeah, yeah, no, um, obviously get a board record at Rugby Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from 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 our perspective, um, if Rangers drop anything against Hearts, then if Celtic win on Sunday at Easter Road, they will be crowned champions. Yeah. Um, so Rangers Rangers need to win that game to prolong that. Yeah, at least you'll be able to know as well against an unbeaten Hibs. That, that's yeah. that. It's not a foregone conclusion. Uh, like you said, that the, the only game that Hibs have lost under Heckenbottom was that cup, uh, cup. quarter-final to, to Celtic at Easter Road. So, um, it's funny because Rodgers never won at Easter Road and then pretty much the, the, the second thing Neil Lennon did was win there. Um, yeah. Haven't been the, new, the, the Hibs manager at the start of the season. So, um, it, would be, it would be ironic if uh, results go away on a Saturday that Neil Lennon takes a Celtic team to win the league at Easter Road. Yeah. Yeah, at least you'll get to clench it yourselves and not and not have it saying, Well, it's because Rangers dropped points against whoever. Like what would have been the case when Rangers were playing Motherwell last game out. So the way the factions have worked, um, Celtic will clinch the league one way or another their own way, whether it's a, um on Sunday or next Friday against Kilmarnock. Saturday, twelve thirty, kick off. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, the I don't know what I prefer to get it done this weekend or to get it done next weekend. Um, I don't think it really matters. <laughs> um, just as long as it's sort of picking up the points. As, as I'd, as I'd, I'd rather you do it. I'd rather you do it any of the next two weekends from our perspective because a um, you're hurting the uh, two sides who are going for European position against us and B I don't want you clinching against um, against Aberdeen Pataudry in week yes, three yes. so um, the only title celebration we want is our own um, and well whenever you and Rangers decide to bugger off <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a sad state of affairs that Aberdeen are still the last winners of the, uh, the league outside the Celtic and Rangers when yes. was it 85 34 years ago yeah, yeah I was four yeah <laughs> Not even for. Yes, sadly, um, that was before my time following Aberdeen. Eighty-six, I started following Aberdeen. Last most of the fair years. It was eighty-nine, ninety for me. Um, I saw two Aberdeen trophies that season, but. So what uh, you what you need to do then is get your boy to start following Aberdeen properly in that season, and then we win the Scottish Cup. Is that what we're saying? And the League Cup. Mm-hmm. That's yes. I would just take the Scottish Cup. That's my that's whole plan, right, John? Yeah. That's what to do in that season, okay? Yeah. yeah I'll get my You're boy. Getting him. Yeah. Following properly. I keep laughing because like uh, it's an it's now an ongoing joke that my daughter has never seen Celtic lose a trophy. <laughs> she's she's nearly three. Right, I think we should just end this before um, yeah. more explicits come out here. <laughs> Uh, no, talking about explosives coming out. I'm quite surprised I'm not swore. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, talking about explosives coming out, we have to mention the, the, the incident at the, the, the Renfrew FC game. <laughs> oh, what was that again? Remind me. Uh, incident. Yeah, what Renfrew was? FC put out a tweet. Um, <laughs> 
through the week, uh, well, on, on the weekend, sorry, uh, that basically suggested that um, the substitute was requested to. I'm trying to find a tweet myself, so. <laughs> I remember what you. I remember what you're talking about now. F- five minutes uh, yeah. away, sub Craig Dallas is asked to remove his underwear by the linesman. Um, and, and what made that even better uh, was um, the reply later on from Craig when he said I had cramp once and had to get my mate to help out he said he was never going to do it again because he could see my balls as I was doing it tight box or something yes. I threatened him with it I threatened Craig that we would mention it that I <laughs> mentioned oh definitely <laughs> the, the other interesting thing this week that we did, did see a uh, and obviously I can share that in the WhatsApp group, not to do with Scottish football, but the the Streatham Rovers thing with the team sheet. <laughs> and the spelling in it. The, sp- <laughs> the yes. spelling in it. The spelling of the names. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the best of it was, like, they, they basically said that they definitely did this on purpose because their striker is wearing number three. Surely he's not playing left back. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't play them left back and he scored twice <laughs> because he couldn't handle them left back. So I can see now. Basically, it was the, the team line red SRFC or shit. <laughs> I, I really want to believe that they, they, they made this joke and then thought, actually, we better play them at left back or they're going to pick up on us. And it turned out to be a Someone's done that, they're really clever. Like, I mean, that takes a lot of work. It does. What a guy, coincident. I just. I, 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 I truly want to believe we played the striker at, at left back just for a, for that joke alone, and it worked as an accidental tactical genius move. I really want that. I don't know if I've seen much though in terms of the. Is it, I don't know, United. I don't know if I've seen them tweet. Maybe I should have had a look at that to see if they, met, they commented on it. <laughs> it's probably just us. As soon as I see that, I was just like, that's brilliant. Yeah. I don't know, did they mention anything? Maybe they've not got a Twitter page. Twitter's been... Um, I, I think there's... Um, I think some of the Twitter statements from some of the club club accounts have been as enjoyable as the football this season. It's just been brilliant what, you've been, um, what we've seen this season. You know, from the... Um, the shit in the pitch earlier in the season. Um, what team was that again? Spartans. Spartans, that's right. Yeah. Um, and then Pantsgate at the weekend there. Oh, and the, 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 the Berry Rangers guy that did the Twitter got his job taken away from him. For whatever it was he tweeted. I can't remember exactly. Something that doesn't sure Who the managers. Oh, was, was it not the one that said he had to go take his face for a shite? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant! Oh, I'm sure. I, I'm sure that was the Berwick Rangers one, and that boy then lost his job because he tweeted that. I did it. Sorry, it's um. I some of the. Do you remember the Cali Thistle boy a few years ago? He used to be real hooting the Twitter account as well. I they were at the top flight of the time, so I. It's like, I like them having a bit of fun with the social media. Yeah, definitely. Like, like, see the the. Celtic's Twitter account is usually pretty serious, boringly. Um, but they do have these sort of like somebody scores a goal and they've got a gif of that player celebrating, and yeah. some some of them are just boring. And then you get like Michael Lustig playing his piano, whatever it was he was doing, or mm-hmm. the Kyle McGregor get it in you. And... The funniest one that Bristol City were pretty good at that. I think a few couple of years ago, and they get. It was Bristol City. The funniest one is Celtic. You go. Yeah, the week animations for the players scoring in a wee, I like mm-hmm. bow and arrow or something like that, or different celebrations. It was good. Yeah, Aye, that seems to be a modern day thing. You know, they try and get the players to do some silly um, celebration for the goals. But yeah, what was going on? Every- Celtic, one of the funniest things their Twitter did last season was um, great old fun moments. It was a picture of Kenny Miller scoring for Celtic against it. It was in the midst yeah. of Celtic uh, of uh, Rangers having their dispute with Kenny Miller. They'd suspended them just ahead yeah. after the previous old firm, the semi final. It was, yeah, it was very subtle. Nicely done. <laughs> yeah, that was brilliant. 
Right, should we end in that high note? I think we should because we're just we're just about an hour now. So, um, it's been a, a a good one. Um, was it as therapeutic for the two years you thought it might be? What was that? Okay. Um, just one thing to touch on. It's not anything to do with Scottish football, but it's something that uh, is just noticed. Ajax went through in the Champions League. Did they? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. They win. Is there name um, on it this season? It would be good. I'd like to see it. A team outside the big leagues won it. Yeah, me too. Um, read, a, read a lot of interesting stuff for them because Van der Sar's there now in Overmars. I think they were, when Van der Sar got a job, it was a case of coming in and they were trying to say, oh, I'll try and get you back to your glories and that's a tough ask but there he is there he is the Champions League right. though Ajax are a rich club they might not spend a lot of money but they take in a lot of money oh their youth development earns them a ridiculous amount of money I suppose that's um, 75 million and they've sold for that boy Delight he's going to go for about the same in the summer I, I think in the summer probably that team will be yeah. ripped apart a wee bit a bit like when they, they won the aye. Champions League uh, what 99? No, was it 99? 95, I think. Was that 95? 95, yeah. 95, yeah. They reached the final in 96. Yes. Most penalties to Juventus. That was some team when they came through. Most of that team were young. Yeah. I've kind of gone back to that, but I'll be just adding that wee bit of experience here and there. So, I credit to Ajax for that. Just shows you, maybe, maybe. Ah, I still fancy Barca to take the time, like... They, they won as well, right? I mean, that's that beat Real Madrid and Juventus. I, I mean, there's, there's no doubt that Ajax have taken a massive scalp there. Um, I, I mean, even like, they were even tonight, it was one each for the the, the leg in Amsterdam, so they must have won tonight, right? Yeah, they, they, they two won. They won in Italy, yeah. so mm-hmm. that's, that's some going. Because I mean, they won at the, the Bernabeu as well, so. Mm-hmm. Yep. Aye. 4-1. Aye, that's... <laughs> There are the way forms even better than Aberdeen's. Mm-hmm. That's a yeah. Well, we've beat Real Madrid in the final. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, 100% record against Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a good note. That's actually right. Where did that note? Yeah. Ideal. There we go. There's a therapeutic. A happy ending. Yes. <laughs> well, sometimes you have that for a semi. <laughs> thanks for having me. Thanks for watching everybody. Uh, yes. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.